Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. This is December 5th, Talk Cosmos returns. We had a little break last week that actually for me served pretty well, so I hope it did for you. And I don't know if the women's basketball team won or not here or there in Seattle. I am now in Kahlua, uh, Kona, Hawaii, where the eclipses that we're going to speak about are rushing over the oceans. We're getting big, tall waves, I think. In the North Shore, I'm not on the North Shore. I'm on the big island where the volcanoes rest at the moment. But on the North Shore, they were 33 feet high. Big guys. So we have a couple of updates. On the 19th, in a couple of weeks, we are going to go on YouTube. Yes, yes, yes. You can see our cheery little faces and all our charts and everything else as every week we will be presenting on YouTube and we will still have podcasts. So go to any of your podcast favorite stations. Podcast one is the one that coordinates and partners with the radio show. And of course you can always go on KKNW's online and listen to it hot off the press as we're talking. So you have many, many choices. And choices is really the name of the game when we're talking about these eclipses. I will just give a little definition. We have two eclipses, one just passed. We're in the season right now, the portal, as it's often said. And the full moon, which is a lunar eclipse, was just a week ago on November 30th. And on the East Coast, it was 4.30 in the morning. Here, or I keep saying here because my mind is still in Seattle, and that's where we're being broadcast. It was at 8.30 in the morning, and in Hawaii, it was at... Um, I think, do I have that wrong? Anyway, we'll just stop there. So the new moon that we're going to be discussing is on December 14th. And that's a solar eclipse. And it is not visible here in, in the United States. We can discuss that. But it will be on the East Coast at 11.17 a.m., and in Seattle, on the West Coast, it'll be 8.17 a.m. So they're both morning eclipses. A lunar eclipse, the full moon, it is culminating and completing a cycle. And the new moon presents, as every new moon, a discovery process. It's at zero degrees. Well, essentially, that's the the blueprint idea of, of a, it, it's not there, but this particular one, neither one, but the idea when the moon and the sun connect like that, it's like a discovery process. So very soon we are now presenting the Moonbeam Team. Relating to the sun and moon's energies, including the planets and the entire cosmos for the month's systematic two-week intervals of the new moon and full moon, plus the annual four to five eclipses, this is your Moonbeam Team. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, 
an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, Certified Astrologer, Sacred Healing Counselor, Tarotist and Numerologist, providing individual consultations, teaching and tutoring internationally, co-author of Gateways to Change, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life, currently facilitating workshops in Marysville and Camino Island, Washington. And I'm Sarah Stromley, a craniosacral therapist and founder of Brain Body Therapy in Kirkland, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer that incorporates different forms of horary, location mapping, and medical astrology into my practice. I enjoy uncovering flower and mineral frequencies that also support the mind-body coherence that aid in the healing journey. And as Albert Einstein said, energy, energy is never destroyed. Energy only changes. Well, hello. It is always a special pleasure and to have these conversations that look at the intention and meaningfulness. And it's always a challenge to tie them together. And we, as a team, look at one eclipse, or in this case, it's eclipse. And then the second, realizing that there's a vibrational continuation with eclipses. You know, they're in a Sorrows family. That's an over 1,200-year cycle going from one pole to the other every uh, 18. Well, there's different ways to calculate with all measurements. I'm not to try to confuse people. But the point is, every 18 years, it returns. And that's 18 years, 11 days, and 8 hours, to be exact. And it shifts a third of the, uh, around the globe, one third time each time. As it spirals, it spirals. That's really the motion of the universe is a spiral. And they either go up from the south to the north or the north to the south. So we are talking about many cycles. And so the point is we will, in our fashion, try to pull together some meaningfulness. So we will begin with November 30th the one that had passed, and that was at 8 degrees Gemini and 38 minutes in the first decan of Gemini, which is uh, not, anyway, in the same sign as our north node. However, it was a lunar, meaning it's what we're trying to release. So, hello, both Sarah and Liz jump <laughs> great to be here tonight it is yes so um anyway i was just thinking of something if you have something popping in your brain go ahead otherwise i can keep mentioning on about to me gemini does connect with ideas and communication and it seems in the news there has been a lot of communication progressively of of sharing of 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 many ideas of trying to connect and also to come to terms with what the thoughts are. Right. And this was a partial eclipse. So a tiny section of the moon 
was in shadow by the earth and an eclipse is when the moon passes between the sun and earth. And it's like eclipsing the past and letting, um, revealing things and bringing things from the shadow into the light. Yes, the visibility. Absolutely. And Good time to finish up some projects and cycles um, and start to move forward, however that might be for people. Um, and it's like the illumination is is happening. So it's like illuminating to let go of the past, but illuminating to what's the next step. Or, you know, maybe you've been working on a project and it's like, do I want to continue on with this or is it time to be done with it? Yeah, there, there's um, also some, you know, like Sue said, the word, words and ideas that can heal or wound with this. Um, there's just been so much um, urgency with this. I, I see just with wanting to get our priorities settled and solidified, especially with the those Capricorn, Saturn, and Jupiter, and Pluto all at the end degrees of Capricorn and wanting to get things kind of settled and in place and solidified. So Mercury, the ruler of this eclipse, is just under the, the lens of intensity and urgency of Scorpio. And this can provoke the desire of undying commitments, as well as uncovering deep mysteries of life. And on a lower octave, it can be, it can provoke violent communications, exaggerations. And which is and this, Sarah? All of a sudden, remind me. I, I'm, I'm listening and I'm, yeah, what are we, I'm sorry. The lunar eclipse. Um, but what, what, yeah, oh, and I hear all this violent, but, but what, in which way? So Mercury, so Mercury is the ruler of Scorpio. So, um, Mercury, Mercury is in Mercury, Mercury is in Scorpio. Oh, oh, Mercury is the ruler of and, this, and of the, Mercury yes, is the ruler of this sorry. moon. So that's yes. how I was tying it together. Oh, so sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> Perhaps other people too. All of a sudden, yeah. when's mind starts drifting, and it's good to anchor it. So I appreciate that. Yes, we're talking about the ruler of the eclipse uh, of the lunar eclipse which is in gemini of course that would be mercury thank you and is your yes i follow you now i'm sorry to, yes no that was pretty much the point i wanted to get across so well um, it um, it's a good point to bring up because the fact is is that it also connects to the united states chart that mars is eight degree no is it mars i get mixed up here no it's it's your uranus i've got it right here uranus is eight degrees gemini so this is conjunct our uranus and of course the next one will be the 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 one coming up that we're in this middle journey of like the ocean with the waves crashing around of vibrations um will be connecting or conjuncting we might say within a close orb that means a few degrees for our uh, non-astrologers of mars of our natal united states mars so when you speak of um po the potentiality with mercury being in scorpio which can have um these 
well, the violence that we're talking about, just the fact that the suddenness and the the shock and the, uh, as we know, all planets and signs have shadow sides and that need illumination and then the, the golden side, you might, might say. So, yes, it is really a powerful impact here for our country as, as a citizen. Well, in communication coming forefront at this time, um, I wanted to give an example of releasing something. And uh, the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico collapsed the day after on December 1st. And until 2016, it was the largest single aperture telescope in the world. Oh, my goodness. This was in Puerto Rico? Yes. And it collapsed. And um, so now the largest one is in China. So they had been having some issues with some of the cables uh, not holding what they were supposed to. So um, they knew that they had to do something, but it just collapsed. So right the day after the clip. So to me, that was an example of letting something go. Um, and maybe people didn't want to let it go, but nature kind of took over because the cables weren't holding it up. So it collapsed. And this is a telescope because here in Hawaii, they have huge telescopes. So I'm a little confused uh, if you could explain to me how it, it, it about it being the largest or wh on what terms. Yeah, it seemed to be built across the canyon. Well, it so, was built in a sinkhole, oh, in a sinkhole. up in the mountains, and um, I had gone by there several times when I lived in Puerto Rico, but it, you know, have odd hours and be closed at odd times, so it's like even though it might have been supposed to be open, I never got to go in, um, but it was built in 1963, and for the scientific community, it was, you know, uh, a big deal, so it was used to, you know, like, send radio waves out into the the cosmos, so to speak. So, um, yeah, and there's a lot of other ones because um, there's the one on the big island of Hawaii. There's one in Texas somewhere. But this was the biggest one up until 2016. Oh, interesting. And well, now the biggest one is in China. Well, what brings to mind is, is an I... Uh, is that there was that was it not Katrina, but there was a terrible hurricane. In fact, you left as a result of it down in Puerto Rico, and I'm just wondering because there. How many years ago was that? Was that three or four, Liz? In 2017, so three years ago. Okay. Well, I'm also thinking of cycles um, that possibly this is like a. Uh, connection. Of course, that would have been 2017. I mean, it's something significant as far as you're saying, like a, a, a weakness. And I wonder if maybe with the new administration, there hopefully will be greater uh, healing uh, energies going to Puerto Rico so that, I mean, it is a United States territory, which one day might be even a state. You know, we do have significant ties to that uh, little spot. So this, you know, who knows? That's well, and, you know, it's a small island with the ocean around it. So was it some kind of oxidation to the cables? You know, cables made in the 60s might be different than they're made today. So it's hard to say, you know, um, what why those cables were giving out. I don't know. 
Yes, we don't know. Had, you know, over 50 years of wear and tear. And then, you know, there's a lot of earthquakes there in Puerto Rico and there's hurricanes. Off. Yes, yes. So. Weather does it. But I guess what I'm just thinking of is that we have, think, because we're talking about eclipses, there's a sorrows and the metonic. Metonic is 19 years. And then with, at any rate, we'll rest on that. That's fine. Um, because at the moment, my brain is twirling, but I don't have any facts. Going to the Gemini emphasis that, you know, we're talking about with Mars and, and also with, a, come to think of it, though, Liz, I guess I'm thinking we were just talking about Uranus. That is sudden. Uranus is sudden things. And in Gemini, which is communication. So, yeah, something could break. That is you know, it's, it's indicative, but here, I think we were also talking about the disenfranchised, the fact that a lot of the conversations that we're hearing are trying to evaluate whether we, is this correct rhetoric or not the violent communication? And it reminds one that back, because it is significant of our United States chart, the fact that eight degrees, Gemini, is right on our Uranus, which happens to rule our moon in Aquarius as a co-ruler, because, of course, Saturn does also. Um, but, but the fact is, is that, uh, you see, <laughs> it's tying together too many threads here. Um, somebody, hello? Yeah. Yeah, there's also... Um, Oh, the violent speech. Yes, that's yeah. what I was talking about. And so it is. Thank you very much, sir. Um, talking about, is it, you know, in conversation, people are debating um, because this, the the other node, you know, is, is Sagittarius. People are questioning the belief systems. But it goes back. That's what I'm saying. It goes back to our revolution where there were many dissenting voices and angry voices and violent talk, one forgets, you know, one, but I think we're getting really reminded as the climate continues to build a certain divide. Now, whether it's a true majority or not, but nevertheless, it's significant and many choices to choose and also how to bring in the disfranchised voices. Well, an, an aspect that I saw in the chart was Chiron 60 degrees sextile to the moon. So to me, that talks about that there can, can be some healing to the past and the past hurts and traumas and people's emotions. And it, it can even be countries' emotions. So um, perhaps, you know, if people can let go of the past, you know, they can build new relationships. You know, countries can build new relationships with countries. Um, well, that's a yeah. healing factor, and there's been talk about it. Yes, go ahead, sir. And Venus is also in this eclipse um, of the November 30th in Gemini. Venus, that's also with Mercury, the ruler of that lunar eclipse, is in Scorpio, opposed Uranus. And it's almost, Scorpio in Venus, especially when it's in a morning star, is more fierce and wants even more to experience 
the full transformation and an uncovering of what they want to see. And there can be some horror and thrill of the fight going on um, as we've been kind of watching play out with all of these big battles happening on a legal scale as well. And um, Sagittarius, that Sagittarius South Node is definitely uh, with the sun there and the South Node there is stretching those battles into an extreme scale there. Yes, absolutely. It it really does bring that legal Sagittarius legal. It's you know represents our um, higher education abroad and also legalities. And so this conversation is is uh, uh, going to continue as we realize that the nodes are in for another year. And right now all the eclipses therefore are in these areas. So it'll be a really serious debates happening and hopefully debate more than violence that's what we want to you know as we try to evolve in our uh, consciousness with people yeah i think these nodes in going through sagittarius and gemini definitely want to expand it seeks to expand limitations to those communications and narrow-mindedness and rigid thinking and the trauma and interference that tends to go on and, and it seeks to find those creative sparks and fresh vision and ideas and innovation and outside the box ingenuity oh that's so delightful <laughs> well and you you can reflect back to 18 and a half years or about 18 years to 2001 when this you know, we're repeating this eclipse cycle, what was going on. And then the halfway point would be 2011. And I know for me in 2001, I was in Hawaii. So um, visiting for a month. So that's what was going on with me. And we can also look back to this is a full moon lunar eclipse. So six months ago, approximately, what wishes and desires did one make on the new moon in Gemini? And that was uh, May 22nd. And then if we look at the lunar gestation cycles, and that one is the new moon, and then you add nine months for the first quarter, another nine months for the full moon, another nine months for the third quarter. So um, we're at the halfway point of the lunar gestation cycle. And that started um, June 3rd of 2019. And the first quarter would have been March 2nd of 2020. And the full moon uh, was November 30th of 2020. And then the third quarter is August 30th of 2021. And then the cycle will begin again in May 30th, 2022. Well, that's fascinating because as we've also discussed, 2022 is when the United States has its Pluto return of 27 degrees Capricorn, which astrologers are recognizing is a we're in 
uh, orb of, there's that applying influence of these incremental stages of how we're transforming. Pluto is transformation. It's like the caterpillar to the butterfly, totally different animal. And we have a chance to, it's 200 and approximately 240, well, it's 248 year cycle. I believe we often say 250 years, but um, in 2022, it'll for three times, it'll be connecting seriously. So in other words, what you're saying from my mind is to realize that, okay, if we're in 2020, that meant approximately in 2017 would have been the beginning of because of, there's different cycles you're talking about but that was the total eclipse here in the united states that we were feeling afterwards but essentially uh we're in what's happening now is going to have a culmination may 2022 right when we're having that yes yeah pluto halfway point of lunar gestation cycle yeah, so it's it's very powerful to have these conversations and to use that word that I loved that Sarah said was expansion. Expansion and contraction, they're both important, but we can prune things, you know, once we, but we can open up the territory and begin to explore new areas of of definition. I think that's what conversation has the beauty of that we need to remember in the nation is that, yes, conversations get messy and there can be arguments and total disagreements. And often it's because certain information hasn't come forth or ways of, of defining the subject so that people can look at it from another angle. You know, but I have heard so much news of various commentators, and I think to myself, in some ways they're saying the same thing, but in other ways they're speaking to different ears because different people listen to different, con you know, different. Yes, and like to make, make sure that you understand what is being communicated because it's so easy to misunderstand it is. It is. Particularly if we expect, well, there's so many of these other elements. I think of astrology wise, you know, we have the three elements that are, no, they're not elements of four elements, but we have three um, modalities. We have the, isn't that right? The, the, yes. The cardinal of action and the fixed of, of co coagulation, as I put it. And then we have the mutable that breaks up to get into action again and so our minds are like that too it can be you know we can be very stuck in one way until we get totally unearthed you know another factor here is going into well you know what i think we'll talk about the new moon coming up as soon as we return and this is the moonbeam team with sarah strongly of seattle redmond and liz Mouchette of Kamano Island and Sue in Hawaii. So we will be back. Thank you. December 5th. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. 
We are currently in the Yang period of Sagittarius, ruled by the largest of all planets, Jupiter, the Roman god, or Zeus by the ancient Greeks. By leaving a cycle based on power and powerlessness of life and death and regeneration involving committed relationships, Sagittarius energy finds meaning for an expanded perspective and potential for actualization in their search for truth. As a mutable fire sign depicted by the centaur, Sagittarius is adventurous and seeks the beyond. Sagittarius travels to far places physically and mentally to find the truths of life. Hello, this is Madam Simon, archetypal astrologer and tarot reader, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m., where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk, 1150. December 5th, the Moonbeam team, and we've been talking about the November 30th Gemini 8 degree 38 minute uh, eclipse that will continue. The eclipses have their vibrational energy, and the next it will be December 14th, and on the East Coast that would be at 11.17 a.m., on the West Coast 8.17 a.m., and in Hawaii, it'll be at 6.17 a.m. And that'll be 23 degrees Sagittarius in eight minutes. So it's in the third decan, as we call it. That's from 20 degrees to 29, 30 degrees. So it's contacting any mutable sign in a, either opposition, conjunction, or a square. And it has a large orb, depending on your viewpoint, but certainly with an eclipse, it could be, gee, I don't know, 10 degrees, I would say. Um, that would be pretty significant. So it goes all the way from 13 all the way into uh, Capricorn, which is out of sign, but it's still there, like three degrees Capricorn. So we're talking about just from that viewpoint, a lot of connection and it happens to be conjunct the within a few degrees our south node right now which is interesting because it's a new beginning and it's, so it's looking at Sagittarius of meaningfulness and greater belief systems and law for, for a few factors so it's this kind of tango isn't it between going in that direction and releasing in that direction. And it happens to be also conjunct our Mars. Well, it's opposite our Mars because the Mars is 21 degrees Gemini. So it's opposite. It's like staring it in the face going, okay. Looking at awareness. And that's my last comment. Somebody can, Sarah, Liz, we're not in the same room, folks. So I, yeah. when I end, they're listening so tenderly. It's like, jump in. Yes, I'll stop saying that. Yeah. I, I find that this fiery and potent total solar eclipse that we're leaning into for next Monday, the 14th, the Archer Sagittarius, and this eclipse, Sun, Moon, Mercury, 
is trine mars and eris has it tri- when i was just tuning into this it triggered a memory of when i was attempting to learn how to play cricket with a, a big group of people and while i was up to bat there was an unsportsmanlike opposing team member that was aggravatingly yelling miss miss every time i swung to attempt to hit the ball and as soon as i was capable of shutting out that signal of loss and what i was losing at i was able to miraculously and more confidently hit the target and one of the areas of the chart that this sign Sagittarius rules is sports <laughs> um like it rules higher mind and the ideology ideological and expanding cultural beliefs and knowledge so just like sports like gar- golf archery basketball football and the like and also for the themes of this eclipse metaphorically speaking have the capacity if if one has the capacity to tune out the interference and tune into the target that's where there's a magic window or door that appears to open that's well in this total solar eclipse in sagittarius for those that don't know what makes up a solar eclipse it's when the moon passes between the sun and earth and um, it'll travel over the southern part of South America, Argentina, Uruguay, Chile, and Brazil. Um, so they'll be able to see it and they'll have a big shadow. Um, Jupiter is the ruler of this solar eclipse in Sagittarius. And the south node, Mercury. So the south node is our past. Mercury is our communication and the sun and moon are all in Sagittarius together. So maybe finding a new way to communicate things that aren't quite working from our past experiences. Definitely. Around solar eclipses, we have heightened sensitivity and pay attention for new discoveries. Um, And uh, we might find um, new people to network with or maybe that have a uh, same desire as we do. And sometimes, you know, two or three together can create something so much easier than one person. Cause you could have a dream or desire to do something, but as one person, it's difficult to do that. Or it takes a lot longer, not that you can't do it, but maybe it would just be easier to have help with that. Well, it's, I like, Okay, looking at the chart here, I'm seeing Mercury is has moved from Scorpio because it moves pretty quickly, and it was late Scorpio, I guess, but it's now in Sagittarius for this eclipse coming up, meaning our words are going to be strung together to make a case. I mean, Sagittarius... The purpose, one of the purposes I understand through evolutionary astrology is that Sagittarius needs to have a voice. It's important to voice, to, ha- to express that voice. You know, it's meaningfulness, as I think we've, we've brought up. So it, it's something to remember as we 
because it's all also optimistic. And I'm thinking of what both of you have said, that it's a, a powerful time always after the holiday of Thanksgiving here, at least in this nation, and before the the Christmas holidays, which is universal. I mean, many countries, not all countries, but um, but it's a big event, you know, that we all are part of in some fashion. That the Sagittarius point, you know, we, we can be opinionated. There's always that shadow side where we get so ingrained in our thoughts, but it is optimistic and having that voice. So it's, it's interesting to think about, as you said, not being distracted and then also yes anyway focusing on where are we aiming you know like the archer the centaur who shot its arrow at the galactic center you know where are we what are we aiming for and i hope it's unity i think in this chart too we noticed that Neptune opposes the transiting Neptune in 18 degrees Pisces opposes again the United States natal Neptune of 18 degrees Virgo. So there is some perhaps you know that's that's powerful as a, a, it, it's because it's a slow planet you know, it takes what 168 three years for its orbit it only moves a few degrees every year so it's really stationary and it's focused like a laser but because it's neptune and pisces it just dissolves things and pisces as we know is duly ruled i'm always bringing that into remind remembering that jupiter and neptune but um, yeah neptune where it's currently been transiting since 2012 and will be for another five years, it's in its um, natural rulership and in its highest expression of Pisces, it supports an awareness of singularity and compassion and that we're all connected. And I found it interesting that it's a, um, opposing Vesta as well as the US natal Neptune, but Vesta is the expression of the high priest, priestess, and the requirement of retaining vigilance and significance for what's most sacred. So these priests and ideals are in opposition. And when, when the definition of all or everyone, so to speak, is inclusive of those given exposure to and affiliated with, it may limit the opinions and considerations that fall outside that proximity. So like in the case of our US founding fathers and our constitution and being under the influence of that polar extreme of Neptune and Virgo, and also that's currently in square to this eclipse, there's this need to refine the meaning and definition uh, that's, you know, all men are created equal because what that was, you know, because that wording for them at that time was literally gender specific. And it was for those that match the identifiers of the Caucasian white men within the room. And again, it's challenging what's been limited and aggrandized as ideal. 
Well, it is intriguing to consider on one aspect, just as far as etymology, because etymology, you know, words of what they mean, because men and man has become synonymous in many ways as far as uh, lingo goes with humanity. So it, although the detail was at that time, you had to be a landowner. And of course, at that time, it was the white people. But the, I think there, the, it has been proven, thankfully, over the course of the 244 years of our nation since 1776, July 4th, when we declared independence. Of course, we didn't get it for several years because it was that war revolution. But the fact is, is that it has been extended to, thankfully, first because of the revolution uh, or the civil war, the black population, and then finally women, <laughs> which was like 1930 or something. It took a long time. In fact, I didn't even think it was 1930. I should know, but it was like um, people could so many laws have changed. But but there was like, as they say, a slippery slope. In other words, it, it opened up the door so that this could be expanded upon. And, you know, at best, people define things as they can at that time. But still, going back to the disenfranchised idea, we did not include, as we say, um, the Native American that has a significant voice, the Black American, the... The, the Mexican uh, that owned a lot neighbor. of real estate. <laughs> yeah, women and 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 the black, but yet that has um, and didn't recognize gays. You know, so in other words, we have this homogenous now unity. Looking at Neptune of the whole, Neptune is the oneness, the whole, the the greater forces that that we don't have control over, and everything, the total cosmos. So. We are really looking at this, you know, Neptune opposite Neptune. And in that grand square, I think earlier Liz brought that up. It's a grand square with the nodes. So we're debating the ideas. We're looking at the facts. We're looking. This is a powerful time. If we, if we do our work, there's a lot of hope, I think, for 2022 when, when you brought up that in a year and a half, it'll be the culmin a new eclipse um, point and from that lunar process and also with the Pluto uh, return. It, I can't say it won't be messy, but I'm hoping we can remember to use more intellect, all these with the Gemini, you know, Mars and, and Uranus, both in Gemini. It's like, let's keep realizing we can have our differences through words and communication rather than violence. Well, and I like what you say about Neptune dissolving because it's in 90 degree square to the north and south nodes. So now, you know, we can dissolve the differences to have unity and have, you know, a true love or a higher love, compassion for all. Yes, and in fact, you know, I became aware of Amy Adams' new movie you know, on television. They're advertising the Christmas holidays, and it's a very sorrowful program about drug addiction. 
But what in this interview with her, she said that she hoped that that there would be more empathy and compassion and that people could be seen. That in other words, they're asking, well, what was her ideal for the the possibilities of this movie? But you know, movies and film are ruled by Pisces and Neptune. And they do explore or expand or give through illusion uh, another life that we can identify with and the suffering. So possibly, yeah, I was just thinking how important movies are at this point. Well, and I would assume that the, that the education systems, college, elementary, high schools, they're all looking for new ways of educating people because of COVID people have been, a lot of people have been learning from home and for some students that isn't working the best, but maybe there'll be a new combination of how they teach or maybe, um, you know, it could be any number of ways, but I think that they'll find interesting new ways to bring into the teaching system. And are you suggesting perhaps movies then too? Because film is definitely very educational. Depending that on could be part of it, but, um, you know, the school system here in the United States is built on a very old um, protocol from Germany of working with people of how you would go to work in a factory. Well, pretty much the factories are gone here in the United States, so it's a fairly old system. So how do we improve upon that? Absolutely. I remember in college when I went back I took a fascinating class for education with children. And there were the four systems. The one is a very militaristic one where you do as I say, period. Then then the next one, which is the one that you're referring to that we use in this nation often is memorization. It's a group process here. I'll give you this, regurgitate it back so that people can get on the same line, line of thought, that is. And then the next one, the third one, whether it was equal to the fourth, but it was a creative. Totally everything is creative, you know, create, create, create. But which has its, of course, benefits. The fourth one was more of an executive nature where you get an assignment and they say, figure it out, which there are some school systems. When I say system, some educational institutions, you know, for the lower grades that have that, like, for instance, there was one where the entire school was like a little city and people would have these part-time jobs and even a money system and everything. And you learn through experience and then you could shift your different capacities and whatnot. But that was one idea. So I agree. Education and isn't that really what the nodes are all about? Education, both the Sag, higher education, putting it all together in a big system, and the Gemini language teaching. They're both teaching. Yes, yes. Yeah, and Jupiter, you know, being the planetary ruler of this eclipse placement, well, it's normally beneficial, but it's currently under siege between these malefics, and it, it, it it contains what it's normally it's boundless nature so although there are themes of loss there's opportunities to harness this energy if channeled and directed towards changing the story releasing 
the previous stories and beliefs and the trauma drama situations of what's broken, dysfunctional, chaotic, stuck, and blocking the vision of what's possible in the future. Um, I like Amanda Poole Walsh's recent suggestion of writing it down and burning it. <laughs> yeah, well, again and again, that's always with the, with the new moon. Isn't that what we do? We release or well, the, full, the full moon, but yeah, full I mean, this is, but this is a potent time to do it as well. Um, always, but there's time. just, yeah. Always a good time. You, and when you said malefics, just for the audience sake, in traditional astrology, which has its language and its definitions, which one needs to kind of comprehend and look at, they would look at Saturn as um, because it's limitations, and which we understand has a necessity. If you didn't have limitations, you wouldn't have a backbone and a skeleton, for instance, a structure, but it can have its you know, everything has its different uh, viewpoints. So, yes, I think it is interesting. And they're at the very late degrees, anoretic degrees, as it's also called in astrology, 29 degrees Saturn, because both Saturn and Jupiter are going to have their 20-year reunion, their conjunction in December 21st in Aquarius, yes. which is also heralding uh, another cycle People are going, what? But astrologers know 200 years in air again, and it's a social reset button. So what we're doing now is really, in however we're speaking of it, tidying up. And it's not just tidying, but addressing the past and making closures, so many closures. We've had so much emphasis necessarily, but everything unbalanced can get to be too much of an extreme of materialism. And... If you look at materialism in the, how does it happen? It happens from the consciousness that that creates it. You know, you, you know, you can just look at water evaporating until it formulates into clouds, and then it becomes so dense in compared with the air ratio that it drops again and recycles into the into the oceans and rivers. Just this one little analogy that I hope throws in that concept of material from thought to, in a sense, you know, the abstract to materialism. I think there's going to be a big shift we all feel on the 21st with, uh, you know, Jupiter and Saturn conjunct by both migrating and conjuncting in Aquarius. And the modern ruler of Aquarius is Uranus and one thing that was jumping out to me with another way of, of Uranus being explained in Taurus is you know Taurus is the planet of beauty and, the, and it's like the beauty of simplicity and kind of making it simple well, actually, that's Pisces, Neptune and Pisces. So that's an interesting correlation because Neptune and Pisces. Okay. I didn't well, get yeah, that. Nept Pisces is also simplicity because of the fact that it is the universe and it works on its own system. We don't control the weather as of yet, thankfully, really. We don't control the tides. We don't control any of this. And it all, from the Piscean point of view, works in its own beauty. 
And so it, simplicity is good. Well, looking back, let's, we have a few minutes. Oh, I will say that next week is going to be Cosmic collaboration and we will be talking about this conjunction that we just made a slight reference to that is on everybody's brains in Aquarius which is will be zero degrees Jupiter and Saturn zero degrees Aquarius and remember that on the 19th we will be going YouTube however right now we are finishing up with the Moonbeam team that's with Liz Mouchette of LizMouchette.com and Sarah Stromley at Brain bodytherapy.com and Sue Rose Minahan Talk Cosmos that we're trying to understand this solar eclipse that hasn't happened yet that is going to be so powerful for, for a long while. It is a total eclipse. It's the most total in its series of 1200 some years. It's uh, 2 minutes and 10 seconds and although so in other words, let's look at this and draw some further thoughts about the, it's at 23 degrees Sag, eight minutes, Mercury is right with it, the south node is with it, it's, uh, yes, go ahead. I oh, was just, go, yes, yeah, sorry, thank you. <laughs> Liz, did you have something you want to add? Or? Well, it's, you know, we're really, you know, we're having the eclipses, then we go into the great conjunction, which they're calling the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, the Star of Bethlehem. I mean, it's like, it's just like one big event after another. It's quite amazing. Um, it's like, let, we had the lunar eclipse to let go of the past and we have the solar eclipse to like start focusing on the future we're finishing a calendar year to start a new calendar year um you know it just feels so appropriate well it is intense of many changes we all can recognize this covid has totally shifted our dynamics and it also connects us in one fashion that we all have this commonality of experience and I think there's a good recognition of that we can there is a uh, it takes a lot to elevate us to more consciousness and just as the full moon connected with Uranus here now that I'm speaking locally and I mean the United States and that we're uh, but but it's also potent because we have this election that we just had that we have a new president-elect and that we're having a tumultuous time similar to what possibly we may have experienced at the revolution years back. And new, a little different story. I like your idea reminding us that we need to think of new stories. We need to think of, isn't that a really optimistic? constructive way we have a minute here a constructive way of redefining if we keep the conversations going we can explore new ways of actions and innovation as you were saying and redo our traumas oh it's a process though yes it's, yes yes yeah i think it's just going to help us prepare for the next year so much easier for embracing that yes 
Just think the next time we are seen on the 26th, we'll be in living technicolor. I'll be smiling at your faces. Well, <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs> well, thank you and blessings to everybody. Have a great season. Remember it is Sagittarius still. We have Jupiter and there's some reason to expand our thoughts. Look forward to seeing you next time. Yes, this will be fun. <laughs> All right. Blessings. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.